Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with each and every one of you today on this uh, Monday, June the 8th of 2020. So many things have been taking place uh, over these last few weeks, over these last few months, uh, one thing after another that really is painting a picture of really what's going on. These are the last of the last days. And um, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to say in this hour. And today we're going to begin our week, uh, you know, speaking, speaking to you and and, 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 and trying to, to make sense of all of this by the word of God, by the spirit of God, what is really taking place. And we're so happy that you have uh, joined us today on this podcast. And I encourage you to be with us throughout this whole week. I know God is going to speak. He's going to speak to us if we allow him to in this hour. As always, it is a joy to be here with our um, with our panel, with uh, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremiah, uh, to be together and, and to study the Word of God, and that we still have the freedom, amen? We still have the freedom to be able to come and express what God has placed in our hearts. Without further ado, Brother Marty, I'll leave it with you to share what God has placed in your heart uh, for today. Amen. It's exciting to be back again this uh, this week. We're going to begin a series today. Uh, we're going to be looking at the days of Noah, and we're going to be studying not so much all the sensational stuff that Genesis 6 talks about, but we want to look and examine Noah the man, the character of the man, who he was. What brought him to the point of of being the the one, <laughs> really the only one that was qualified to uh, to to make it over the other side of the judgment that was to come, and and uh, and we want to explore those things because we have been told by the Lord that the days of Noah would be uh, repeated again uh, in the days leading up to his return. And so uh, we're going to begin this series. I don't know how many parts it'll be. It might be one, three, I don't know. But we'll see as the Lord uh, guides and directs us. And you might think, well, how much can you get out of the story of Noah? A lot. And that's what we're going to look at. And we're going to look at strategic qualities of spirit that we find within his life that must be uh, vibrantly existing and, 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 and evident in our own lives if we hope to make it through. So here we go. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you open them, please, to uh, the Gospel of St. Luke? We're going to look at Luke chapter 17. Brother Jeremy, could you go over there uh, as well? Yes. And uh, and I'm going to begin by reading uh, Hebrews chapter 11, which will be our our flagship scripture, as they say. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, 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 that's where we're going to start. We'll go back to that uh, as we go along in our study. But this is where we're taking this from in in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with the seventh verse, and then we'll go over to Luke. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word, and, and, and we worship thee in Jesus' name. Now, it says in book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says that by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and he became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. 
there is so much there that we're going to look at, but we want to look at at several things. And before we get to that opening verse where it says, being warned of God, that's where the book of Hebrews uh, picks up the story. But there's much more to the story than the warning of God. As a matter of fact, there's a whole series of events that leads up to that warning. The warning that God gave to Noah that is referenced in Hebrews 11.7 is the warning to now begin to, to build the ark. But before the warning, we can learn a lot of things. And we will look into the warning because there's a warning, there's a moving with fear, then there's a preparing of the ark, a condemning of the world and the saving of his house. There's a whole series of events and 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 series of of experiences in in that list that we want to look at. And I think as we get into them, uh, we will learn a lot about the kind of church we're going to begin and already is beginning to emerge in this time. Remember, the Lord Jesus told us to understand that that His second coming, when He would be returning again. It would be preceded by the conditions that were in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, really. And there's many aspects of the days of Noah and and many ways of searching out understanding from those days. And so today we want to look at, uh, like I said, the more personal aspects of what we can learn from Father Noah, how his walk was with God and, and how that saved him. And his family. And and I want to take our time and see what we can glean from these different accounts. And, and I think as we go along that we'll see just uh, how much there is to learn and explore in the historical accounts of the days of Noah and Lot. And in this study, we are going to continue to learn where we need to be strengthened and and what we should be doing as the days in front of us continue to unfold and the coming of the Lord draws near. So I want Brother Jeremy to read, if he would, um, Luke chapter 17. Did I tell you 17, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Could you begin with uh, uh, verse 25 and read through verse 28, please? Yes. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Praise God. So here we see what the Lord is saying here. He's addressing the, the second coming of the Lord. And, and, and in verse 26, as Brother Jeremy just read, he draws our attention to understand something. He wants us to understand that one of the characteristics, if not the, 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 the major characteristic, will be that the days will be similar as they were in the days of Noah. He says, as it was in the days of Noah. And so we need to know that, first of all, he's not talking about one particular day here. He's drawing our attention to a series of days or the time in which Noah lived. 
and said it will be the same as it was in the days of Noah, and so it shall be when the days of the Son of Man are. Now, that phrase that the Lord uses there in verse 26, the Son of Man, that is a phrase that is used by Ezekiel, the prophet, but more so what he's referring to is what Daniel called him, the Son of Man. He's referencing the one who would come and implement the, the ultimate kingdom of God on the earth. And so he's letting us know when he uses the term, the Son of Man, that the days of Noah, uh, that just as it was in the days of Noah, it will be again just prior to he comes and literally sets up his kingdom on the planet Earth. And so he's referencing his second coming. And so by drawing our attention to some things, it's interesting what he says in verse 25. Can you read that again, Brother Jeremy? Verse 25? Yes. yes. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And then he goes right into as it was in the days of Noah, right? So it's, I think that the two are really interestingly connected there because yeah. he, he, as the Lord himself in his first coming, he, he said, I have to first go through suffering. Many things, many trials will come upon me in this time. And then he says, and also I need to be rejected of this generation. And then wow. after he says that, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, and as it was. It's like he's connecting the two for the spiritually discerning to understand that just as the Lord went through sufferings and suffered many things uh, and, and had to be rejected of his generation, so the same thing is going to happen again. Sure. We know from the book of Revelation that, that the church is, is going to experience trial, testing. We're already seeing it. It's happening all over the world. It's one of the indicators that just as our Lord experienced and suffered many things when he first came, so his church in the end, which is what he's trying to, you know, draw our attention to, uh, will also suffer many things. And I know that makes a lot of people nervous nowadays because they don't like to hear that kind of stuff, especially here in the United States. But I hate to break it to you. It's coming your way. <laughs> I mean, right? It's not a funny thing. I mean, I just laugh because I'm amazed at, at the stupidity of the current eschatology or prophetic, a lack of prophetic discernment in our times from the so-called major evangelical preachers of our day. They've turned the people's attention to themselves, to the eating and the drinking and the marrying and the giving in marriage. That's one of the characteristics that Jesus said would be, would be right? There'd be right. this sort of you know, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, even as in the days of Lot, they're planting, they're buying, they're selling. They sound like they're up under prosperity. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's no it's no accident to me that these current fair-haired boys of the day, and really over the last several decades, have turned the message of the gospel, which is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and, and, and get saved, get filled with the Spirit, and then have a hopeful expectation to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. Instead, over the last several decades, that message has, has all but by and large disappeared, and the message has been turned back into a, a uh, you know, a self-seeking, self-serving, self-gratifying uh, of, of the individual. And, they, and, and you rarely even hear about the Lord anymore, let alone his second coming. Now, Jesus said it was going to be that uh, again. 
and that something interesting in verse 25 that that would be another marker would be that he he would be rejected of his generation the same kind of condition is going to be prevalent in in this time who he was rejected by remember it wasn't just the roman government who rejected him i mean they didn't even know anything about judaism so forth and so on you know the promises and the prophecies of god when he says he was going to be rejected of this generation he was referring to his own people right 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 any thoughts on that as it pertains to our day <laughs> yeah we were talking you about know, it before the podcast right um yes. that everything that is taking place is is god dealing with his people and that's what we have to understand it's 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 God speaking to us. Um, you you mentioned something earlier that like really uh, <clears throat> uh, stuck in my spirit. That stuck in my spirit. You said we're we're either going to do one of two things. We're going to find bearing the child of God is in regards to what's taking place, relevance, or we are going to accept. There's going to be a bearing or an acceptance of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. God is is allowing these things to take place to to kind of stimulate the believer to find bearing to seek out what's really taking place because yeah. a lot of the things that are happening in the world these movements right they seem righteous at the surface but when you really get down to it uh there's agendas right and and and, and things prophetic things that are that are transpiring before our very own eyes but God allows all these things that are taking place, right, to try us, right, to Good. prove us. So absolutely. Brother Jeremy, you were going to say? You know, what stands out to me, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremiah, is, uh, you know, I've read this many times, but right now when I read it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. That right before we get to the days of Noah, it says, he must be rejected, suffer these things and rejected of this generation. So yeah. what he's really, what stands out to me is that this is a sign, right? It is. Uh, a, a sign to us, to, to them and to us that we are heading into the very days of Noah. But, it, you know, and I've read this many times, but I never really made that connection until right now when you said it. It just hit me like a ton of bricks because it's so... Right now, the Word of God is so vivid right now, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so real. It's so real. And, and this is exactly where we're at. You know, yeah. uh, this sign is prevalent right now. There is a rejection of a generation right now of Jesus in this hour. That, that's what I wanted and, and, to say concerning that. that yeah, and, and, and that rejection was what? You know, what was being offered to them was the forgiveness of their sins, their deliverance. Yeah. And and right. and their their repentance, you know, to repent and believe the gospel, you know, it was it was a stubborn unwillingness to receive the message, and it was rejected by the people of God of His day. They didn't like yes. what He was preaching, as they will not like what He has revealed all along in His Word in this time. Right. You know, ninety-five <laughs> percent of the Christian world. Is, is everywhere on the planet besides here, right? I mean, but we have this arrogant Laodicean mentality in the American church 
that it is the end all and the sum total of the church of Jesus Christ, but it's not. Yeah. It's, it's but a tiny little part of it. And the, and the majority of, of the church uh, that, that is existing on the earth is, is poor and lives in third world countries and, and yeah. is either in China being persecuted, churches being burned down, pastors being jailed, families being broken apart, children being taken from, from their communities and placed into re-education camps, their Bibles are being burned and rewritten to, to toe the communist line. That's the church's uh, uh, real experience. As we speak right now is actually taking yeah. place in China. Or you go over to India where where less than uh, 2% of the population is Christian and, and where they serve over 100 million gods. And they have a, a prime minister named Modi who has passed laws uh, on the on the surface saying that, you know, it's okay for people to be Christian, but they can't evangelize. Well, any kind of anything that hints at a belief in Christ, and, and we know some missionaries there with the Great Mission India organization who tell us, and we get reports from them, that that they'll arrest you or kill you or, or persecute you in manners that we have no concept of over here simply because uh, they, they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's India. Just those two nations, India and China, we mentioned, that's three billion people. And and our brothers in, in those, that's which is almost half the world's population lives there and is up under tremendous persecution. Or we could, what could we speak of Africa or the Middle East, uh, you know, which recently saw a purge of the Christian population in, in the most ancient place of the world, in Iraq, Iran, uh, the persecutions that came up under ISIS during the Obama administration, where they were literally uh, raping the women and cutting heads off of children and painting churches black and, and setting on fire ancient uh, places of worship throughout the Middle East. Over a million of our brothers and sisters, uh, you know, uh, sent packing or, or, or martyred. And this has just been in the last 10 years. Or you go up into the, the Coptic Christians of, of Egypt in, in, in Upper Africa there, where ISIS kidnapped them and beheaded 21 men for their faith on, on, on the seashore of the Mediterranean there in Libya. Or you go down into right. East Africa, where you have, in Somalia, you have uh, the terrorist organizations of Somalia or, or Nigeria, where there are these marauding bands of of, of radical Islamic fascist extremists going and, and killing people simply because they're Christian. And, and we could right. talk about the persecution of the Catholic church amongst the, uh, the Protestant uh, evangelicals throughout South and Central America. We can go on and on and on. So when it comes to America and we start telling people that what is actually being revealed and is coming, they don't want to hear it because they've right. lived in such a cocoon of blessing. And such an insulated reality or lack of reality that they have so arrogantly, uh, you know, purport themselves in their own mind. They may not go out and say it, but that's how they conduct themselves as if they're the only church on the face of the earth. Well, the time has come and has already begun where the suffering that the prophetic scriptures have told us is coming is coming. For God's sakes, people, they're burning down churches in our country. Yes, right. <laughs> I mean, and they're flat out telling you they don't want nothing to do with Jesus, and, that, and that's right. kind of what brother Jer that's what brother Jeremy was talking about here. It is connected. There, there's a twofold thing that Jesus experienced in his generation that we believe 
the scriptures are plainly declaring in, in many places that the church, the saints of God, will, will suffer. That's why we see in Revelation chapter 6 at the opening of the fifth seal uh, uh, that the, the martyrs that are underneath the altar of God uh, who are complaining because they suffered martyrdom in the last days and saying, how long before you, you judge these people for, for how they horrifically t- treated your church? You read it in Revelation, uh, I believe it's chapter 6. You can go there and read the opening of the fifth seal gives way to to a persecution of the church. Or in Revelation 13, which Brother Fernando was talking about just before we started the podcast, Revelation 13, 5, the rise of the Antichrist, the first thing he does is he goes forward to make war with the saints and to overcome yeah. them, right? It's mm-hmm. the same pattern being re- relived again that Jesus said would be just prior to the coming, his second coming. And he connects it to the days of Noah. When you begin to see persecution on the scale that we're seeing now, and the rejection of the gospel and the and the rulership of the Lord Jesus Christ in his in this generation, like it was in his generation when he first came, then we know that the days of Noah have begun and they are upon us, and we're well into them, really. And that's why he yeah. he he turns our attention in verse twenty six and says, "Just like it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man." And we could really really dig into that even even more. Uh, intensely but but let's 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 uh, go ahead there's just something here that you know when it, it just magnifies he was rejected of this generation but which generation uh it, it wasn't a generation it was it's not talking about the romans it's talking about his, like you said his own people yeah he had called and and, and that's why this is so powerful, and I like, and I just want to read this verse because it's connected with what we're saying. What, what Jeremiah told his people, he says, "You're, you know, like, and that's it's like he's talking to America today. You know, that's the way I, I interpret it now. Like, I, I um, parallel with what's happening in America. We should be the Christian nation to be an example to other people, right? And we have right. totally rejected God in our nation. And he says this. He says, "Look, man." He says, have a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. And then it's like he has that conversation, right, with the creation. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid. Be very desolate. You know, he was he was astonished. You know, and, and, and you know, he says, I'm astonished. He talks to the heavens, right, like he, he studied last week. Because he made this covenant with them and he had the heavens as a witness to this right yeah and this very people that have been called are now rejecting god made a covenant with america we mentioned this last week right and look at where we at there is a rejection of god's plan and purpose for america right and you spoke about all these other nations the chinas of the world the uh, where there's persecution yet they're living out Christianity, right? <laughs> what America should be doing, they're doing. They're standing, you know what I mean? As an example unto us of of what we should be doing, you know? And so it's it's just so much there, brother, uh, paramount. But we're talking about yeah. the rejection of a generation. And, and and think think of this because, well, Brother Jeremy, go up to verse 20 since we're here. Like we said, we're going to do a theory, so I'm not going to rush through this. But let's take a look at the flow in the context of, of how he gets to this statement. 
that we were just talking about, that he would suffer many things, be rejected of this generation, and as it was in the days of Noah. Uh, it, it, in context, he's he's actually just healed somebody and, and, and displayed uh, the cleansing of the leper, uh, which in the writings of, of, of the elders and, and the sages leading up to, to the time of the first appearance of the Lord had said that one of the signs that the Messiah had had come to their generation would be he'd be able to cleanse the leper. Well, he cleanses the leper, and, and, and after cleansing the leper, in verse 20, he's immediately confronted by the Pharisees after that healing. And what did they say in verse 20? When he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God covet not with observation. Neither, neither shall, shall they. Yeah, keep. Go ahead. No, go because ahead. Neither sh shall they say, "Lo here," or "Lo there," for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So he he's he's laying the premise, and his message to them is is, is radically redefining their understanding of prophecy. Because as we talked many many times before. They were looking for another David, another Solomon, another conquering king, another Hezekiah or Josiah. You know, they were looking for an earthly man to, to assume the role of the Messiah. And they had no understanding at a deeper level that it would be God himself who would come and wrap himself in human flesh. Even though he had, re had revealed that in Isaiah, remember, where he said, uh, you know, thou shalt call his name Emmanuel which is God is with us and the government of God shall be upon his shoulders. He's the Prince of Peace, so forth and so on, right? It, it, he, he had already revealed to them, but they were blinded to it. And when he heals this leper, uh, you know, undeniably by that miracle, confronting them because they knew that only the Messiah could do this. And that's why they go right into verse 20, demanding him. All right, then, <laughs> you know, where's this kingdom? You know, where's the kingdom of God? And and, right. and then he begins to hit them between the eyes and says, the kingdom of God is not coming with these visible signs. You see, you're looking for, an, you want us to throw off, you know, the Roman Empire and you want Israel to assume its position of arrogance and pride. And that's really what you want. You want to be in charge. You want the Messiah to be sitting here, but it's all for your benefit. He says, but that's not the kind of kingdom that we're presenting to you at this time. And it and and that is what <clears throat> what was rejected when we get to verse twenty five. He said, "I have to be rejected of this generation." That's what they were rejecting, was that the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, God wants to rule your heart. God wants to change you from within, and and that is what they rejected. They wanted something else. And why we're saying that, what was rejected by the people of God of His generation was the unfolding of the correct understanding of the prophecies that had been given for generations. That first would come a suffering Messiah, then would come a conquering king. They didn't want anything to do with the suffering Messiah. They wanted to move right on to the conquering king. And the same thing is going to happen and is happening now in the Laodicean age. They want nothing to do with a suffering or a tribulation that they've created so many avenues of escape, thought, and process of 
of, of uh, lack of discernment and meditation because they're so fearful and so clinging to the life in this world. And so that when we come up with a message like this and we begin to say, whoa, wait a minute, uh, it's plain to see here in the scriptures that God is warning this end time generation, his people, that listen, a good father is telling his children, you need to prepare not only physically and, and you know, the, 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 bo- the bodily needs that you'll have, you know, like food and clothes and all that kind of stuff, but you need to begin to prepare your mind and your heart. For just as your Savior suffered in the first generation, so too you will have to suffer. And and so too you will be rejected of this generation. The church itself. And and just as the Lord was rejected, so will we be rejected. And and even Noah went up under suffering. That's why he references Noah in the last days. Because the Bible tells us Noah was a preacher of righteousness, but he was rejected of his generation. The Lord was rejected by his own people, and it was the message that he brought to them. And they're rejecting it now. They're preaching the complete opposite now. It's not about uh, the kingdom that's coming. They want the kingdom of God now, right? The Pharisees were almost sounding like the Joel Osteens of their day. We want the kingdom of God now, right? We want our best life now. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, Jesus said, man, you know, uh, that's what they were rejecting, you know, and and they're rejecting. And that's what we again. should be preaching now, brother Marty. It is that's yeah. what the shepherds of God should be preaching in this hour, but they don't. It's not convenient for them, you know. They're afraid to lose their people, their congregation, their money. Imagine and brother Jeremy. And brother Jeremy, I th- I think it's twofold. I think not only are they afraid to lose their ministry, uh. But I think that they've evolved. They've evolved into that position mentally. I mean, early on, wow. maybe the late '80s, early '90s, late '90s into the 2000s, right? Once we crossed over into the millennial age of the 21st century, coming out of the '80s and the '90s, that may have been the case because the pressure changed everything. They began to be prosperity preachers and hyper charismatics and all this crazy stuff that's not built on biblical soundness. And then they taught themselves and their offspring how to make these mega churches. And so it's not even anymore, right? You know, because they tell you, you're right, right? We, they they, they tell, so it's, it's both, I think, you know, I think it's both, man, because they tell them, they tell them, you know, everything's done by algorithm and computer statistics. And even brother Fernando, you were talking about something you saw earlier where uh, one of the churches, um, What's it called? Relevant Church, or is that what it's called? Relevant Church. Elevation. Elevation Church. Ele- yeah. Tell us about that. What? Tell us what that guy said. Yeah, I was uh, I was hearing a testimony of a brother that left that particular church, and I just I just decided to hear what what he had to say. And Elevation Church is one of those trending churches, right? It's it's that new, hip, new age kind of church that everybody's trying to be like. Yeah. Um, and he basically said that he was in charge of, uh, this young man was in charge of, a uh, a, a ministry in a church called the Amen Corner, where he was in charge of finding <laughs> the most enthusiastic people in the church. And, you know, for recording purposes, he would, they would put those people up at the front, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to give that, uh, 
to give the visual that, you know, the church is fun and exciting, people are amen and things of that nature. I mean, they, they had they had things down even to the the way the, 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 the building smelled. You know, the, right. how it smelled was important for the experience of the people. I mean, it, I, I was blown away. You know, I heard of the church, but I never really knew exactly how it worked, how, how right. the, the structure of the church was. And, and I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, and they, they kept preaching experience, 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 experience. So you spoke about yeah. it. It's, it's a twofold thing. You know, you have yeah. those that are preaching, you know, uh, heresy because it's out of the lust of their own belly. And then you have a, a, a new generation that doesn't know any better. It's what they've been right. taught. They've never yeah. had a true move of God. They don't even know what it is. They don't even know what the true gospel is. You know, because it, it's been a long time since we heard real, real gospel preached to the nation. Yes, sir. We had evangelists call out the nation. Yeah. No, now, now uh, the preachers don't have, you know, the boldness to do that because, you know, you, you get into political hot, uh, hot topics and, and, and they just want to be your friend and walk, walk with protesters exactly. and walk, exactly. walk into <laughs> Washington and, you know, and they are trying to, they're trying to be cool with everybody. Right. No, that's not what the Bible is telling us here. Yes. We will be rejected for Christ's sake. Right? Yes. But this is what's happening. And it, 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 I'm thinking about this, and I think about the Christians that are listening to these preachers. That's what's puzzling. That's what I marvel at. You know, hmm. how they, again, because we have a generation that has not heard the gospel. Right. So yes. that, that's that's why things are happening like that. And, and that's it. Again, you know, we were back to 25. You know, they didn't want to hear the message. And so it was twofold, like Brother Jeremy was saying. You know, there, there, there's that whole crowd that was afraid to, to preach something maybe that might confront people as the word reveals. You know, you, you live a certain way and and you, you, you act a certain way and you're not part of the world. They, they were afraid to preach those messages in fear of losing the offerings and, and, and in fear of losing the crowd. But then out of those last 10, 20 years came a whole new crop of minister, like you're talking about, that right. that was educated into how to build a church, but right. a church completely built without the scripture. I mean, they literally marketing. tested, right, marketing and, 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 and uh, algorithms, basically, you know, trends and neighborhoods and where to buy the building and, you know, uh, you know, the income level of those. Analytics. That yeah. yeah. Analytics. You know, we, we can trace these yeah. things back all the way to like the, the Rick, Rick Warrens of the world. Right. Who started, yes. this, you know, go, going to the neighborhoods and, and trying to asking people what type of church would they like to see or go. Right. And, and, and they, and, and he was a disciple of, of, uh, of Robert Schuler. Who was yes, a disciple of, of yeah, yes. who was a disciple of, of uh Norman Vincent Peale. Uh and and these were this was the generations that produced what we have now. We went from Norman Vincent Peale to Robert Schuler to Rick Warren to to now the Hill Songs and the Bethels and the Steve Furtix and and all these other young mega church pastors. Once it flushed itself out, there was no more any gospel. It was simply a formula wow. and, a, and, a, and a creation of men. Wow. And so we have churches wow. filled with people that don't even know 
this, the gospel, like Brother Fernando was saying, and they don't know uh, what it truly means to 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 repent, to turn turn away from the way you've been living, to uh, to reject this world, and to embrace the promise of, of of the return of the Lord and the kingdom that He has been preparing since the foundation of the world for His children, the forgiveness of your sins, the admitting that you need to, a Savior. And, and repenting from your old life and allowing the Spirit of God to, to work within you the kind of things that we need to have present within our lives as verification that we truly are saved. Instead, they've been, they've been herded into these massive buildings and programs and, you know, everything designed to, uh, to, to make them think that they're having, a, <laughs> a, you know, a religious experience. And that's really all it is. And so they're devoid. They're devoid of the understanding of the gospel. And like Jesus said in his first coming, uh, I'm going to be rejected. My message is going to be rejected. And if you bring up the kind of preaching preaching that we do or the teaching that we do, which is straight up out of the Bible, man. I mean, all we're doing is quoting scripture here. Um, they will reject. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. You know, um, and, and that's why it's so critical what we're talking about, because what we sense in our spirit as as servants of God, right, as we were talking before, is we sense there's a lot of confusion in the people right now, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. many that have come up under these ministries. And that's why it's so hard for them. You know, you, the moment you start speaking this way, they get afraid, scared, you know, because they don't. Like you said, they're, they're, they're not, that's not what they're hearing, you know, in their churches by, by preachers and, and, and they represent it. You're so right, brother. And uh, what you said, it, it's more than just people are afraid to say, no, they plainly believe it, that they, they made themselves into something else the last 20, 30 years. They really believe yeah. what they're preaching now, you know, Absolutely. it's them now church, you know, and, and, and so you know, a lot of times we like to quote that scripture, you know, my my people perish for the, what again, the the uh, lack of uh, of knowledge. But right. what we fail to quote is what comes right after it, which is very stunning. That leaves you astonished because they have rejected it. Yeah. So it's no longer ignorant. It's a willful ignorance, right? A willful after ignorance, you're confronted, yeah. After you're, after you're confronted with the truth. Well, consider this. But, yeah, consider this. That you, what you're talking about uh, in in Revelation, I believe it's 19, verse 10. That scripture we quote often, which is, "The true testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy." And one of the yeah. things that is to me that is such a glaring, uh, you know, hole in their theology of the current day in the, in the United States and across the West in these mega churches, man. And and the popular and understand when we say mega churches, those of you that are listening, understand we're not just talking about these massive things, uh, the big ones, you know, the ten thousand, the twenty five thousand uh, congregations, because the influence of those churches filters down even to, into the local communities where you might just have you know five or yes. six hundred, you know, even a hundred, you know, it's influencing everything. 
even to the stylized church where, you know, where they turn off all the lights and they have spotlights and fog machines and, you know, the worship is, you know, screeching guitars and yelling and screaming and, and repetitive phrases that have absolutely nothing to do with glorifying God. The influence is widespread, but what is a glaring absent, uh, you know, uh, declaration in their messages is just that, the, the spirit of prophecy. That's the yes. testimony of Jesus Christ. That's the witness of Jesus Christ. And that's where the Holy Spirit is. And so, again, that message that we're talking about is what Jesus said would be uh, one of the characteristics of not only his time, but I believe uh, he was referencing it because he immediately goes into the days of Noah with the last thing saying, I must be rejected of, of this generation, of my generation, so it will be in the end of time. The message that's being preached, the true biblical message, is this, that perilous times will come because men will be lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, arrogant, disobedient to parents, truth breakers, false accusers, effeminate, idolaters, sorcerers, fornicators. He gives this whole list. And he says that these things will come, but the, at the top of the list, he says, perilous times will come because men will be lovers of their own self. And he's addressing, he's addressing the message and why the times will come. It, 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 it's really interesting because it implies that the message attracts like a magnet, right? It attracts the judgment. It draws judgment to itself. It's the same thing that happened when, when Jesus was rejected by his people, God's people in the first generation. It drew judgment. Because it would only be 40 years later after the Lord ascended on the Mount of Olives, 40 years later, the Romans would come and burn the temple to the ground and, and, and God's people would be scattered to the four corners of the earth. And the church would go forth, the true church of Jesus Christ. And so, and brother, go ahead. Brother, brother Marty, uh, you know, you hear Jesus is speaking to his generation, you know, some 2,000 years ago and, and to the religious leaders of his day. So when he mentions, and this is, so we're talking about the making of the man of Noah, what he saw in his day, what, what propelled him to be a preacher of righteousness. And there's hidden insight into what he might have went through. Because then Jesus likens what he's seen in his day to the days of Noah. So right. everything that he is dealing with before he begins to, to speak about the days of Noah it's reminding him, and he is reminding them, his gener that generation, that you are becoming just like the people that Noah had to deal with. Okay? <laughs> yeah. and it's, but, it, but it's also speaking of our generation, because the yes. Son of Man was revealed 2,000 years ago, but he will come again. Right. Soon. And, and, and right. It, it, will be, it will repeat itself. And that's what we have to understand. So he, he, he doesn't talk about, start talking about Noah and just starts a new subject. No, he's basically speaking to them prophetically. For those who have eyes to hear, he is hiding something in these passages concerning the days of Noah. And, and he's basically saying, look, Noah dealt with your kind of people. And the reason Noah had to come to the forefront to be a preacher of righteousness, because people in his generation, just like you're doing right now, in Christ's generation, right. when he was speaking to those people, you are rejecting Jesus. Yes. You're rejecting his word. And that's what brought about the judgment of God. 
that's what that's what brought about the judgment uh, over his people in, in AD 70, right? And and that's ultimately what's going to bring judgment to this world, and in particular this nation, because we are the fulfillment of that Gentile nation, of yes. that Gentile church here in this nation. You know, we have people of every nationality, creed. We represent that that beautiful Gentile church that started off right, just like Israel did of old. It ultimately yeah. rejected him, and we are repeating what Israel did as a Gentile people, a Gentile church here in America. We are rejecting Christ, and we don't know it. Some do. Right. Some are doing it purposely. But this is what's hidden in these passages that the listener has to pay close attention to. Right? This is what Noah dealt with. This is what Jesus saw, and this is what we're seeing today. That, that's yeah, really that- that's powerful, man. That's pre- that's the predicament right now, and I know Brother Marty is going to begin to touch these things together with us. But what I do want to put to you, to the listeners, that once you are told the truth and you are warned of God, it's going to come down to making a decision what you're going to do because you cannot stay the same. That's what I want you to begin to let that brew in your spirit, what you're going to be hearing in these next couple of days. It's going to put you in that predicament where you're going to have to choose either you're going to heed to the warnings of God or, you, or, you're, going to, or you're going to go worse or continue, you know, in the same thing. So I, I just, you know, wanted to interject that in there. Yeah, that's all really excellent. And, 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 and it's interesting because when he talks about being rejected, uh, like, like you, you all were saying and Brother Fernando was just saying, um, it, it is, it is uh, very much connected from verse 20 all the way down through verse 28, where he's talking about desiring. In verse 22, what does he say, Brother Jeremy? Verse 22. Yes, verse 22 says, um, And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. So notice who he's addressing uh, first, he begins by addressing the Pharisees, those that were the religious, who didn't understand the prophetic scriptures, and therefore uh, were were angry with him, and ultimately sought to put him to death. Right? Because what he what he talked to them about what you're what you're in need of is a heart transformation. That where God's kingdom is is found first and foremost in the lives of those who have allowed Him to rule and reign in their heart. Then he transitions from that. And begins to speak to his disciples. Because remember, as we head down this passage, he ends up uh, landing right in the days of Noah and the days of Lot and talking about his second coming. But when he addresses the disciples, he's addressing his true uh, servants, the disciplined ones. That's literally who he's addressing, his disciples, not the Pharisees, but his disciples. And what he says to his disciples is that in the future... You're going to be up under a climate where you'll you'll begin to long for one of the days of God. Just 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 any any movement of His Spirit, some sense of my Lord being with me and with us. Mm-hmm. And He says, "What's going to happen as He gives way into verse uh, 23 is the false doctrine begins to appear." And He's telling His disciples not to be uh, uh, fooled by it. He says, there, you're going to hear start pe- people saying, oh, he's over here. In other words, he's moving over here or he's moving right. over there, right? <laughs> right. But he, say, he says, don't give in to that temptation in these days. He says, because don't follow after him, he says. Because when this kind of thing begins to emerge on the planet, he says, amongst my people, 
He says, know this, my, dis- my disciples, my disciplined ones, you who are truly longing for me, you are nearing the time when I return in my day. And he says, it's going to be like the lightning flashing, right? From one part of heaven to the other. He's talking about him coming to rescue him. And he says, that's how I'm going to move. When you reach this point where they begin to, to have all these false churches and false you know, ministers saying, oh, Jesus is over here. He's moving over here. Oh, he's moving over there. He says it's going to be indicative to you that that the day is approaching. He says, I'm going to move all right, <laughs> but how I'm going to do it, I'm not going to speak anymore like, you know, like, like, like you think. He's basically saying when this begins to emerge, he says, understand, the, the last and final way I'm going to talk is by rescuing you. I'm coming to get you. And, and we're supposed to anchor ourselves to that understanding. And then he says, but until that time, he, he, like, he like reels them back in from taking them far into the future, which I believe is our day. He says, understand, I need to suffer thing. And he was talking about his cross. I have to suffer and be rejected of this generation first before any of those days can be set in motion. Well, we, we're on the other side of that, right? So we understand. We understand what he was saying now. We understand what he's referencing. We understand what he was trying to warn us of. And then he immediately, he, it's like he fast forwards again. And he says, as it was in the days of Noah. And what's interesting in verse 27 is what he decided at that moment to point out. He says in verse 27, they did eat, they did drink, they did marry wives and were given in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered the ark, the flood came and destroyed them all. What he, what he, it's really interesting what he points out because everything that he gives there is, is about a person's own satisfaction, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eating, drinking, right? So he's hey, let me, let, like brother he, Marty. Let me, let me just let me just remind the people who's speaking. Yes, this is Jesus. Yes. This is how he speaks. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know what kind of Jesus has been presented to people. Uh-huh. Listen to his words. <laughs> this is yes. Jesus speaking like this. Praise God. He warned us about these things. Yeah. This is him speaking. This, I, I know it's funny, but we have to. We have to remind the people because. Another kind of Jesus has been presented. This is how he spoke. This is what he warned us about. Him, the master. Master. Our savior, our Lord. Yes. I just wanted to throw that out there, brother. Oh, that's and, good. You know, thank you for that clarification because I thought he spoke like, well, brothers, we just got to get along and, uh, <laughs> you know, prosper together. You know, that's the kind of Jesus that I hear that's being preached. So thank you for that clarification, brother Fernando, because... <laughs> Doesn't sound like the Jesus that's preached today. No, but 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 that's why that's why this whole transition from in chapter twenty two he he begins to address his disciples because this is what he's telling his disciples. Right? Yeah. Those that those that are the disciplined ones, the ones that truly follow him and that truly seek him and want to learn from him and want to read his word and you know this is who he's addressing. It's like getting a privileged you know, uh, <laughs> CIA briefing or something, you know? I mean, that's the kind of sense it has. He's like revealing to us, you know, top secret information here to the church, the real church. 
so that we will not be without information necessary to endure. It, it is what will anchor our soul. It is what will transform us. Remember what he said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And and we talked about that before, knowing the truth, what he was implying was a cumulative force. It It, it means repeated blows, if you will. It's like being hit yeah. over and over and over with truth. He says, until, it, until you know it, and when you do, you'll have that moment of clarity that never leaves you and sets you free. It's Hallelujah. the thing that you'll yes. be able to anchor your soul to because you know that you know that you know what the Lord has revealed, and it's going to see us through. And that's why he's giving such cool information to us and saying, listen, for those who can hear, he says, for you who are my disciples, look at the characteristics. This is what's going to be happening. And as that begins to to, to mushroom in your understanding, you know, um, then it begins to alert us to the very things that we need to be alerted to uh, in order to begin to prepare ourselves adequately uh spiritually speaking uh to endure what's ahead and so he he draws our attention and says notice the characteristic of 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 the situation of that generation it's completely myopic it's completely selfish it's completely pursuing self-gratification and he says yeah. and and it work it works in them a numbing and a slumber yeah. So that they don't even know that it looks what he says, Noah entered the ark. They didn't even know it until the flood came. And so there's a hint of protection. There's a hint of protection for his people. That that because we do know the scripture reveals that there'll be those that have to suffer and they're already suffering. But there's also those that was revealed by Paul. We shall not all die. We're not all going to sleep, but we'll be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. That we're not all going to die, uh, for the Lord Himself will come like lightning underneath heaven. Is what He said, right? He'll rescue. So there'll be, but one way or another, Paul said, to be absent from the body is is to be present with the Lord. So either way, we're in His presence. But here he's hinting that Noah entered into the ark. And then the flood came and destroyed them all. They didn't understand it and they didn't know it. There's another part of scripture. I can't remember where that is right now. I think it might be in Mark where he references the same thing as it was in the days of Noah. And, and that Noah entered the ark and they didn't know it. They knew it not. And, and so it is now that God is positioning his people those that will be are being developed over this unfolding prophetic time in history the, the, and and there'll come a moment of protection of hiding from what's coming and so he says that that all that that we've been talking about will work to do amongst his his compromised people those who claim to be his people and, and who don't want to hear what he's been revealing is it's going to put them to sleep and they won't even know it until it actually happens. So Noah, Noah is our our example, and 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 I think we'll stop there, and we'll and we'll pick it up here tomorrow because where we're headed is is what we read 
in Hebrews 11:7 it says Noah by faith Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen. Well, when you go to where we're going tomorrow and I challenge you guys or encourage you I should say you guys that are listening and uh, as we will do it's to, to go read Genesis chapter 6 because that's where the account is of of uh, of Noah and the building of the ark and so forth and so on. But when we actually pick up the story in Hebrews 11:7 where it says he was warned uh, he actually isn't warned for almost 13 verses. <laughs> and those 13 verses yeah. in Genesis chapter 6 reveal a lot. And that's what we want to look at tomorrow. Because Noah lived at a time and did a whole bunch of things before God came and revealed to him the flood is imminent. It's coming. The judgment is coming. And, and 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 so it's going to be in in our time. And what we'll look at tomorrow is I find it very interesting that that where we read Noah was warned. Uh, it, it's interesting because we'll look at it tomorrow in Genesis six because there were so many things going on, right? We we talked about the sons of God taking wives of all the giants, the violence, men's hearts on evil continually. Yet none of those things are listed in Hebrews eleven verse seven as the catalyst that moved him to prepare an ark. And, and, and he would think wow. <laughs> one of those things would do it, right? But no, no, no. There's a pattern and a flow of what happened to him that we'll dig in tomorrow. And, and it really has its origins in, in some very, really, really cool things through the line of Seth, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and then Noah, and then his three sons. So we're going to look at that tomorrow, and we're going to dig into into the spiritual development and the quality uh, that will be prevalent in this end-time church as it was in the days of Noah, Jesus said. So we pray you've been blessed today, and we've stimulated some thought at least, as the Word of God is always alive and, and ever-present. And we thank you and encourage you uh, to share these, these, these teachings with others. We don't look for anything. We're not trying to build anything. We're just we're just uh, four guys who like to talk about the word. So, brother Jeremy, would you close this out? We love you all. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Amen. I'm looking forward to to this week, as you can tell, uh, what God is going to want to do. Be be ex, be in expectation. Uh, read you know chapter six of of the book of Genesis, and I, I know God is going to reveal some stuff because I think it's necessary. Uh, it's not just to understand the days we're living, but how to to live our lives, right? And how to yeah. um, and and the closeness that we must have with God in this hour. We must walk in fellowship with God so that we may hear. So I'm excited. Uh, what a way to to begin our um, our study on this on this week, and we look forward to being with you tomorrow, Lord willing, if the Lord allows us to uh, to be with you tomorrow morning. Be in expectation again, like I said. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and keep looking up.